You are listening to Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ by Six Seconds Europe. Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe, and you're very welcome to a new weekly podcast, Moments of Clarity, Journeys with EQ. This podcast is a very simple premise that elicits some fascinating insights from my guests. Every week, I will ask my guests for three moments of clarity that contributed to a change in course in their life journey. We will be releasing a brand new podcast every Wednesday with guests from Six Seconds, our partners and interesting people who live their life using EQ. Six Seconds is a global non-profit dedicated to growing emotional intelligence worldwide. Our work involves supporting individuals, teams and organisations to develop and practice emotional intelligence to help increase personal and organisational effectiveness. We have a great guest for you today. It is David Corcoran, who is based in Vienna, and he is an executive voice coach and career mentor. David is an opera singer from the Sydney Opera House, and he tells a great story how he ended up in Vienna. So now for his three moments of clarity, David. You're very welcome to the podcast. You sent me your three moments Mm -hmm. of clarity, and I have to say that I was intrigued you have a great story, I have to say. So where are you based now? I, I'm in Vienna, Austria. And your accent is Australian. Australian, so you're... yes. Uh, I was born in Melbourne, but I lived in Sydney for about 10 years when I sang professionally. And that leads us into your, your first moment of clarity. Did you always sing all your life? I didn't, no. So on my 23rd birthday, I decided to visit a clairvoyant. And she asked me if I'd ever wanted to use my voice, radio, singing, and that kind of thing. And I had intended to go and teach English in Japan and study martial arts. So the idea of living in Europe was was the furthest from my mind. But two weeks later, I had a singing lesson. And that was the moment, my first moment of clarity that honestly changed my life. It lit a fire inside me. And I, I literally have not stopped singing since. And that will be 20 years ago next year. Did you sing in school and things like that? or? Well, I'll admit that there was some singing, but it was my first formal singing lesson that I had yeah. at 23. And I had played the trumpet as a, as a youngster. Uh, I went to a, a Christian Brothers school in Melbourne. And so music and, and singing was, was generally part of the scene. But I'd been in a musical or two, but no one had ever said, David, you could be a professional singer out of out of what you have you have a talent here that needs to be nurtured so i left you know i left for university i studied for 5 years i studied psychology and then i i had a singing lesson for a hobby as something to do and it was actually my my beloved late grandmother who said to me david what are you doing about your music and so it was her her prompt as well as the clairvoyant on my 23rd birthday isn't that amazing? And I mean, it changed your life. I it mean, has. You've had a career. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you absolutely. went on. How? So what age then you went into opera Australia then, wasn't it? Or it was. Right so by 26, three years later, I had a full-time job with Opera Australia. So the first two years of singing were in Melbourne, uh, doing amateur musicals. Then I got into the Sydney Conservatorium of Music at 25. So I left a full-time job with a, a, a national company in, in market research. And 
I had a, a relationship and, and I was living with that person and things, you know, my family had thought, wow, he must be doing all the right things. So at 25, I gave it all away, moved to Sydney with two bags and started a life as, as a singer, as a tenor, uh, like John McCormick or Luciano Pavarotti. And I started in the, uh, the diploma program uh, at the Sydney Conservatorium of Music. And I auditioned for a summer job with Opera Australia in, in Cosi Fan Tutte. And I was given a part in the chorus and then more parts in the chorus and then a job in the full-time chorus about 12 months later. So as I say, 26, three years after I'd started singing, I was singing at the Sydney Opera House on the, the national stage with the National Opera Company. And I sang there for eight years with them, going from the chorus to the Young Artist Program to being a, a major soloist, singing major tenor roles with, with Opera Australia. Uh, my wife is also a singer. She followed a similar trajectory, but then she won a scholarship that brought us to Vienna. So after eight years, we packed six bags that time because we had two kids by that stage together and we've moved ourselves to Europe. And so it was on her scholarship. So my wife is a soloist at the, the Wiener Staatsoper here in Vienna, the, the premier uh, place. And uh, and yeah, so we followed that, that dream and brought the kids. And uh, we all speak German now and we speak English at home. And we've created a life here for us and for ourselves in Europe. And is it very different? Did you find it very different when you moved there, Vienna versus Australia? Like that's culture shock, I'd say. It was a culture shock, and I must admit. And uh, you know, for for a good twelve months there, I would say that while supporting my wife and 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 being a full time dad, uh, I was also a little lost in in what I wanted to do. And this brings it in a way nicely to the second moment of clarity, um, which was around when I started to think because I'd done psychology and singing, and I thought to myself, well, what do I want to do? I've actually been handed a six-month – I couldn't work for the six, first six months, and I was handed an opportunity basically to say, what do I want to do with my life here? And singing had been a wonderful thing, but I started to also take some new instruction uh, by a new teacher here in Vienna, and I, I had a scholarship that I was also spending some money, so had some lessons to, to do. And after six months, we discovered – that my voice is more of a high baritone than a tenor. So I'd been trying to push my voice up to the highest of high when really it sits a little bit lower. And it was at that point that I felt that it wasn't important anymore to return to the operatic stage, to, to, to return as a high baritone versus a tenor. I didn't have the repertoire. I didn't have my 10 years of experience that I had had as a tenor. And I had to start again from scratch. So at the same time, it's where I did honestly do the, the personal work to sit with myself and say, well, what am I really interested in? And that was where emotional intelligence came into the picture. Because when I studied psychology, Daniel Goleman's book, the, his famous emotional intelligence book came out. I at the time read it, but it wasn't part of our psychological curriculum as, as a university student. 20 years later, here we are you know, back in 2017. And I did the uh, EQPC with six seconds. And it was in London. 
and it was with uh, Joshua Friedman as the lead trainer. And from the moment I walked into the hotel where we had the training for a week, I suddenly, you know, it was another moment of clarity where I just went, huh, this is it. Wow. I feel enriched. I feel alive. I feel the fire that I felt when I first started my singing lessons again in my belly around this, this work in EQ and learning through Josh and, and his team there that week that these are measurable, learnable skills and that, you know, 25 years on EQ was just as important. Uh, and I, I felt really excited. And again, another moment of clarity where I didn't know that week. I just thought, well, yeah, let's just just go with this. Uh, and then at the end of the week, they talked about being a network leader. And I said, oh, uh, do, do you have a network leader in Vienna? And they said, no. I said, well, I'm your guy. <laughs> so since 2017, I've been a network leader with Six Seconds and I've also, during the beginning of the pandemic, I did some of the Grow You uh, webinars and seminars that we put on there. And over the, the you know the last four years, my my EQ has grown in the sense that I have taken on um, brain brief profiles, and I've done some work with people and advocated the work of Six Seconds. And just literally right now, I'm doing my EQAC, the Assessor Certification. Um, I've also become a life coach or a professional coach separately from Six Seconds at the same time. Uh, so that journey started before I came to Vienna. So I now combine all of my skills. And, and what's really interesting about the work that I do now, Fergal, is that I get to use my voice. I get to inspire people to, to understand themselves emotionally. That has a huge connection with just how we communicate with our words, but also with our voice. I've even coined the phrase emotional vocal intelligence. This idea that I floated with some of the, the, the leaders of Six Seconds here in Europe and said, well, for me, this is so exciting to help people unlock aspects of their own voices using the principles of Six Seconds, the no choose and give model, the competencies that go into creating for every person individually, the right style of voice. So it's not about making opera singers of everybody, but it is about helping people to clarify how they want to speak. Uh, so for me, it was a tremendous um, gift. In a way, I feel like there was a series of, and it's just a story for another day, but a series of circumstances that basically led, coincidences that led to me meeting Maria Olson, who's the regional network uh, head here, one of the regional heads for Europe. And we met at a conference, and then I began my journey with Six Seconds. And um, it's amazing how that happens. These little moments in your life put you in a certain direction. And you can see from your three moments that they're, they're interconnected in a mm -hmm. way, aren't they? Very mm -hmm. much. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I follow you on... Um, you know, on social media, and I see, you know, you talk a lot about uh, using your voice. It's very interesting the way you talk about it. You know, for me, it's, it's obvious when, once you say it, but mm -hmm. it's not obvious beforehand. Using it, particularly for interviews, I think, mm. or in business meetings, or I saw a great one you did the other day. I was showing it to my wife, actually, um, your operatic stance. So, and it made total sense how you stand, whether it's threatening or unthreatening, you know? Yes. I don't know actually if that was, the, but I just thought it was so interesting. 
Absolutely. And, I mean, um, years and years of mentoring. And I must admit, you know, part of me says I, I invested thousands of dollars. So, so opera singers really are like Olympic athletes of music. You have all, you have a coach, you have a voice coach, you might have a drama coach, you have an acting coach if you choose to. And then when you go and perform in a production, you've got the costume, sets, design, the conductor, the director, your colleagues, you know, you've got to, you make sense of the composer's music. So you have all of these things combined together. But the, the stance that you mentioned there, that, that stance I learned from my teacher here in Vienna, Sylvia Greenberg, a wonderful lady who said, it's, it's like we're boxing, but just drop the hands. And that has, has really stood the test of time as a speaker, as well as a, a singer. So I've done a lot of work over the past five years with Toastmasters internationally as, as a Toastmaster myself now and a distinguished Toastmaster. And the point is that what I've applied there, I apply in, in my singing, I apply in my speaking, just as what I've learned from six seconds emotionally and, and in the understandings of EQ, I'm also applying in my work as a communicator, as a, as a, now as a trainer, as a coach, as a facilitator and, and helping others to unlock their own EQ in that sense and their vocal EQ, uh, in, to, to call it a term of such. Makes perfect sense though. Yeah. I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. And now my last question that I ask everybody is um, if you close your eyes and take four deep breaths mm -hmm. and think of your happy place, where would that be and why? Mm. This was a, a lovely question. I actually had to go to my wife and say, where is my happy place? <laughs> I, I must admit. And honestly, right now, I'm in, I'm in my happy place. I'm talking to you, but I feel like here in Vienna, I'm in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And in the Aristotelian trio, they call that keros. And it's this idea of, you know, that those moments where you can say the right things in the right place at the right time, in the right way. So my happy place is when I get to, to do this kind of work. But it's also on Friday nights. And our family established a little ritual of a homemade pizza a movie, usually a kid's movie, the latest Disney or something that maybe we've watched before. And just coming in at the end of a week, you know, putting on your, your favorite sloppy tracksuit pants and a nice jumper and just sitting with the family and enjoying a pizza, enjoying you know, maybe a beer or, or a nice drink. And maybe we buy an ice cream, you know, from the supermarket. And so it's not about going out dining. It's about being in and connecting as a family and family ritual with the life that we have. My wife works uh, nights, we travel, she moves about, you know, things happen. So as the boys get older, I have two sons, we want to make sure that we keep these family rituals alive. And it's this moment of sharing. For us, the dinner table is an emotionally intelligent moment to connect with our children and say, hey, we often ask, what was the best thing that happened to you today? What was your favorite thing? What went well? What didn't go so well? What was, what, was a, what was a not nice part of today? And they find the language and use their own EQ and develop their own skills to articulate their days. And we really spend time with both of them in that. So for me, that, that is a happy place when, when you can listen to your kids, help your kids, and just be there and use your own skills that you've developed or that you're interested in, as I am, 
uh, in that sense. I think my wife has more of those skills innately and we just, it's a beauty, you know, it's a beautiful moment to be able to share that uh, together. And I hope that that will stand the test of time for my boys and help them to grow into emotionally intelligent men. Yeah, that's, you know, like in Ireland, I'm sure same in Australia, the family dinner is so important. I agree a hundred percent because that's my memories of, of Mm. actually we were having Sunday dinner and I've got four kids and they Mm -hmm. were, wolfing down their food and I was going we need to just sit back and talk because I grew up with a five kids you know and um, having arguments about some makey uppy subject but it was just that's the time my memory of, of growing up is that interaction most yeah. my favorite memory of growing up so I, I agree with you 100% yeah it's a lovely idea well I'm actually seventh generation Irish my wow. uh, Corcoran is an Irish uh, surname is- we traced. Our, we came to Ireland two years ago. My wife sang in in a festival uh, in in Drogheda uh, for a week, and uh, she she did some leader and some art song and things and some lovely Irish art song. And uh, yeah, my my dad's one of six. We traced our family roots back to 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 Banagher, uh, an hour in, inland from Galway, um, in, in this town of Banagher. So I can only think that. What those two people that left Banagher and got on a ship to come to Australia really to establish a family, you know, little like us going six bags coming to Europe, you know, seven generations later, they came on a ship 200 years ago in 1800 and something to to settle and make life and a new life in Australia, you know, where we, where I come from in that sense. And did you have any... um you know, when you arrived in Ireland, was that your first time in Ireland, that, that trip when you came over? It was. Yeah. It was. And I loved it. I loved it so much because, uh, as I said, I went to a Christian brothers school called St. Kevin's. St. Kevin is from Glendalough, which is just down between Waterford and Dublin. And so we had all these pictures at the school of Glendalough St. Kevin's and it was in our songs. So you could imagine the mystical experience I had when I arrived in Glendalock on the first day, we, we drove my parents and Laura and, and my kids and, and my wife and I around Ireland for about 10 days. And we stayed in some beautiful locations. We, we got to see my wife sing in a beautiful old uh, town hall, uh, ta- a manor house, I think it was actually, not the town hall, in, in Drogheda. And it was just magical. So, uh, you know, it's, it'll be nice to come back again someday. And I'm sure everyone, when, you, when they heard your surname, Corcoran, they... They were welcoming you in, you know. They oh, assumed you were Irish. They did. Even at the customs desk, the the normally stern-looking officers there, they took one look at my passport and said, oh, yeah, I know, I know some Corcorans. And uh, yeah, are, are you related to those people? And I said, I may be. I'm sorry, but we're from Australia and we're just here on a holiday. <laughs> okay, great. Well, have a have a super trip, you know, <laughs> and it was very different from the Austrian experience when you go home. <laughs> That's a lovely way to enter a country, I think, isn't it? Absolutely, it was the best entry I've ever had so far into a country. So we'll see how how the rest of the world goes with with that welcoming. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, David. I really appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that. We're going to have some great varied guests every Wednesday from all walks of life so I would ask you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and it will jump into your phone on Wednesdays and I would also ask you to leave a review 
and star rating if at all possible because it helps other people to find this podcast. I look forward to sharing some great guests with you every week.